Hello everyone, once again, welcome to the Matchday Gagan Pod. Uh, huge drama in the Champions League quarterfinals, which is what we like to see. And after all, last season was fairly dramatic. It's got a lot to live up to in this little mini tournament in Lisbon. Joining me, Richard Bayless on the pod today, Luke Wilkshire and Simon Hill. Uh, Luke, hello to you. Yeah, mate, always good. Did you enjoy that this morning? Oh, mate, it was a ripper. I think, um, you know, it lived up to the expectations, you could say. Indeed it did, certainly at the end, Simon, and uh, you had your work cut out for you, mate. It looked like looked as though Atalanta might have just about scraped over the line and then it all happened. Yeah, a crazy last few minutes, but, uh, you know, that's the Champions League. And that, to be honest, that's why I enjoy the one-off games as well, because they've got to go for it. Um, there's no second chances. So I thought it made for very exciting viewing and, um, yeah, terrific. I feel very sorry for Atalanta, but... Uh, you know, as I said during the call, that's football, isn't it? It is indeed. As a debutante side to go as far as they did, remarkable. First Italian side on debut in the Champions League to go to the final eight since Lazio uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and to go any further would have been phenomenal. But it's a great story nonetheless. Coming up on the pod, we'll talk about the game, the result, and what it means, I suppose, going forward. But first of all, let's get the thoughts of our man on the ground there in Lisbon, who is there for us. I say he's there for us. He's there having a wonderful time with his tan out. Mark Schwartzer. Uh, Schwartzy, good to have you on the coverage as always, and, and great to see your wrap of the game afterwards. Tell us, though, how you experience this game, because due to the protocols, we can't be in every game, and we don't have access all the time, even though we're the rights holders. So you weren't in this one. Tell us about your night. Yeah, it's disappointing, actually, because I thought you knew people. I thought you were big, <laughs> mate, in, in, in the Champions League, and, and you're your way for it, but obviously you're not. You've, you've sold me a story that's not true. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, listen, no, it's interesting, you know. It's interesting, you know. It, it's obviously... The times are very, very different to what we're, we're used to seeing, and, and I think this will be the, the norm for, for some time. And yeah, it is very restrictive of, of how many people are allowing into the stadiums. Um, unfortunately, we don't get access or direct access to all the games. Um, so you, you kind of have a perimeter around the stadium, um, and the police the police were great, really. They were very friendly. They were, I mean, the, the people that were there, the, number, the limited number of people there were well behaved, um, as fanatical as they were, but. Uh, there was no trouble whatsoever, and you're able to film and you're able to do your things from from a distance. That so was all pretty relaxed. Um, being able to watch the game in a bar was also an experience, particularly because it ended up being rammed full of PSG and uh, and Atalanta fans. And there was again, they were very well behaved, and very respectful to each other. They were taking turns of singing their songs, um, and it's not something you sort of really associate with football fans. Generally, it's like it's all one one team fans in a, in a, in a in a restaurant and all the fans are really allowed and if they are together generally something happens and it, and it ends up in a bit of a bit of an argument but it was all very good like I said and then once PSG equalised the place erupted and then obviously the winner they, the place just went absolutely crazy and I just thought it was a good time for me to uh, head for the exit door and make my way down to the position to be able to you know, chat with you guys post-match yeah, Shorty, Luke here mate it was, it was great to see you post-match um, obviously with a nice view of the stadium behind and and obviously, I couldn't help but notice the the locks. Are they growing back? They were flapping in the in the wind there. <laughs> no, yeah, that's about. I mean, I think you know we've done it for a while. They they generally do flap in the wind if there's any any length to them. Um, the problem is that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of gaps there, and they're never going to be filled. Um, but yeah, lockdown has, has, has taken its toll on me. I haven't been able to go to the barbers. I haven't had a haircut. Um, 
And I uh, just don't fancy going there with a mask on. I don't need a headdress with a mask on and, and sitting there for, for, for the five minutes I need a haircut for. So at the moment, I'm just allowing it to, to go a bit natural. <laughs> Schwartzy, Simon here. Good to speak to you, mate. I wanted to ask you about those supporters that we saw on the coverage uh, pre-game. Um, you said that you, you were in the bar and the bar was sort of rammed full of, of supporters. What's the, the the protocols with social distancing over there in, in Portugal? didn't seem to me that people were very observant of them pre-game. Or is, has that all gone out the window now in that particular part of the world? Or what's the situation? Yeah, it's um, pretty much, you know, the, the fans obviously were congregating in a, in a well, pretty large area, but they're all very close closely together. All the police officers have these, these visor things on so, you know, they're generally a bit of a distance between them and anyone else and if you do go to them, you know, they, they're kind of a bit standoffish um, but uh, in the bar when I say it was pretty round, it was round in terms of the new protocol, so there are tables no one's really allowed to stand, the people that were standing were outside, funny enough they were outside the, the restaurant looking through the glass the glass windows uh, or glass wall basically um, the entrance to the, to the restaurant. And it wasn't until the goals went in that the place erupted and people started running around a little bit. But then it all settled down pretty quickly. Um, and the protocol in, here in Portugal is, is different to Spain. In Spain, it's mandatory. You have to, anywhere you go, you have to wear a mask. If you're out in the street, you're out anywhere, you have to wear your mask wherever you, wherever you venture to. Whereas in Portugal, there's no obligation other than in confined areas. So once you walk into a restaurant, once you walk into a bar, then you... Uh, you have to wear your mask, and then once you sit down, you can take it off. Any time you stand up again, you support, you know you, you you're expected and, and uh, to put your mask on. So if you go into the toilet, if you're, you're leaving the restaurant, um, so it's a little bit different here in Portugal. A little bit more relaxed. There's more of a, a kind of a request for people to to be respectful and and, and use their mask in, in an area where there's a confined space. The test will be, of course, when two sides make it to the final and their fans decide to travel over to, to get amongst it and create that atmosphere. One of the more unique aspects of this little mini-tournament, Schwartz, is the fact that PSG are in the final four. We haven't seen that in 25 years. It's been a lot of pressure on that club, a long old time waiting for it. How do you judge them based on what we saw tonight? Over the 90 minutes and ultimately now they're into the final four. Can they go and win it? Has your opinion on them evolved at all? I mean, I, you know, I, I fluctuated with my opinion when it came to PSG. Initially, I was saying that I think that they will be in the final. And, and, and on paper, I think they should be on the, in the final. But, you know, PSG's record in the Champions League, like you said there, what, in 25 years, the first time in the semifinals. Under this current ownership, it's the first time they've reached the semifinals. So, you know, the, the luck, um, the, the, I suppose the, the mentality of the team at times has been questionable. The, the, the delivering of a performance at, at this level is expected in European football has, has uh, over the last 10 years, uh, generally been elusive, um, particularly in a lot of stages of the tournament. Um, so I was always that, had that in the back of my mind. Um, the fact that in France, uh, the league had, had, uh, had been cancelled, uh, I think it was in March, Tom Marie, you know, PSG had played two meaningful games since then. And I think tonight was pretty obvious that was the case. Um, you know, speaking speaking to Adriano Del Monte, he was saying to me, you know, the last game of the, the, the Serie A season where, where Atalanta played against Inter Milan, they, they really fell off the pace. They they looked like they ran out of steam and he was worried about this game and whether or not they would be able to lift themselves. And I think that was pretty much the case uh, today. I think they, they started very well as the game went on. They, they ran out of steam. So the game kind of, I thought the opposition played into their hands, PSG. Um, when you look at Neymar, I mean, he just looked 
so off the pace in, in so many aspects, particularly in the final, the final sort of third, final, you know, twenty meters of, of the of the pitch. Um, and Bappe coming back and looking sharp uh, was a big positive for me. Cardi didn't look involved, didn't look like he's got a, you know, just looked off the pace as well. So there, there's a there's a couple of problems I see with PSG, and it's mainly to do with the fact that they haven't played a lot of competitive football or hardly any competitive football in the last three or four months. Um, and and that that worries me for them. So yeah, I think I think PSG are a little bit off the pace still. The question is, do they have enough time to turn things around? Do they, do they have enough time in the number of games that are coming up in quick succession? Obviously, with a knockout format, um, but uh, they should have enough to get to the semi final. Schwartz, so I'm interested in your opinion and and Luke's as well. So I'm not sure you answered it on air. Scott McDonald raised the point about. Uh, this new rule of having five substitutes, he, he feels that's a bit unfair on clubs like Atalanta uh, because they don't have the squad depth um, or quality on the bench that a team like a PSG does. Is that, is that a fair point? I mean, Thomas Tuchel used his bench very well today, not just Mbappe, but Super Moteng, who, who scored the winner as well. Uh, Draxler had an impact when he came off the bench. If you've got that quality, that gives you a big advantage, doesn't it, with the five substitutions rule? I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, that's probably you know the biggest concern when it was introduced for the remainder of the season. The fact is that the teams, the bigger teams with the bigger depth in squads, are going to have that clear advantage. It, 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 I think it just goes without saying. Um, and even Paul Atalanta today, you know, they made their five, five substitutions, and Remo Freud, you know, gets a, has a hamstring injury, and they end up playing practically with ten men, and that's when they they can see the goal. So. I mean, that's a little bit unlucky, but yeah, you're right. It's the depth, the quality of players, and the big teams have that. Yeah, I, I agree completely as well. I think it was a great point that Scotty made on air, um, and I think it, it had a clear impact in the in the game that we saw this morning. So, you know, hence, obviously, the Premier League going back to three substitutions um, for the upcoming season, which I think is a, the right call. Shorty, before we let you uh, crack on, uh, tomorrow you're... You know, thoughts, overall thoughts on Leipzig and Atletico. Both sides have been somewhat disrupted heading in. I mean, all the talk about Timo Werner leaving and going to Chelsea for Leipzig, but then Atletico have two players test positive for coronavirus as well. That's far from ideal. Who's your money on? Um, well, it has to be Atletico Madrid, really, doesn't it? I mean, because of the fact they've lost Timo Werner, is such an important player for, for for Leipzig. You know, Leipzig kind of had a hot, you know, hot and cold sort of restart of the, the league. They were disappointing, I have to say, um, in, in the, sort of the, the, the last stages of the Bundesliga. They dropped off the pace quite considerably. Just don't know whether they're going to be able to pick themselves up. Um, Atletico, they just know the tournament so well. They, they've got that dogged, that fighting spirit. They, they just, they, they, they win games. They win them ugly. They don't care how they win them. They win them off the pitch. They win them on the pitch. And, you know, they're just a season better in this sort of top competition and it suits them down to the ground. Well, if you want to ask questions of Schwartzy, he'll be with Adriano Del Monte on Champions League tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on Optusports Facebook and YouTube. And it's all about you being involved. Uh, Adriano and Mark will be somewhere in Lisbon uh, showing you the sights and sounds, giving you a flavour for it as to what's happening over there. But uh, they want to talk football every day. They'll preview the upcoming match. Schwartzy, uh, good to chat, mate. Rest well. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. No problems, mate. And uh, by the way, the Sugress is really good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's a really good beer, I have to say. <laughs> Your, your life, I swear. I mean, even on air, you're tan. Seriously, oh. we're all stuck at home here inside, yeah. and oh mate, just missing the scarf, missing the scarf. Yeah, I mean, uh, do I feel sorry for you guys? No, sorry. <laughs> no, you definitely wouldn't, mate. Uh, all the best. Enjoy. We'll uh, speak soon. See, see you guys. 
Cheers, Swartz. Yeah, mate. Just before we move on to tomorrow's match, and we'll have Dave Weiner join us in a little while to talk about some of the storylines. Thoughts overall on the game tonight? I mean, that point about their quality PSGs, it's certainly an important one, but in particular, Kylian Mbappe. A week ago, we would have said he was no chance, Luke, of playing at all. Comes off the bench and, as you said, looks sharp. He looked sharp. He he made the difference. You know, he, he come on and he drift he drifted wide. I think Scotty picked up on that as well on air that he, he didn't want to receive it centrally uh, with his back to goal. He drifted wide and you know he got him behind him. What he does, what he does best, and you know freeing up that space for Neymar. Neymar had been a bit frustrated. I think in the the start of the second half, he'd been giving away a bit of ball and was there was a bit of frustration creeping in until Mbappe come on and the turn of pace that he's got as well. Mate, mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be marking him. I was going to sure. say, but your Shit. position as well, uh, especially it? not nowadays. <laughs> I've, I've lost a few, I've lost <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, now they were the games where Luke was not at right back. Uh, <laughs> in terms of, uh, it obviously gives him that space, doesn't it? Neymar having another focal point is obviously huge for him, but also. The mental side of being injured or not 100%, Simon, going on, because you know against an Atalanta who they go in for challenges as well. They're a physical side. They're a big side. You know you will cop some grief. So to come through, that's a win as well. Well, yes, but I, th- I think you, you've obviously got to look at this <coughs> Excuse me, in terms of the context of you know, PSG's history. They're so desperate to win this tournament. Um, and as we said, you know they haven't been in the semifinals f- for 25 years. So... Uh, if you go out at this stage, well, you may as well die with your boots on, um, as the famous Iron Maiden track was many years ago. <laughs> uh, so I, I think you, you know, th- they had to go for it. Um, so I think it was a, a natural ploy to, to bring on Mbappe. But I, again, I think it wasn't just Mbappe. I thought Tuchel used his subs really well. Shupa Moting did well, not just for the goal, but he, he was involved you know, in other things as well. Draxler was good when it when he came off the bench. So if you've got that squad depth, you may as well use it. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter how late you, you score in the game, uh, but it was very, very late. I mean, <laughs> well, he we're gave, in the he, 90th minute. To be fair, though, he gave him probably a good 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, it wasn't... Yeah. So obviously he had enough confidence in his fitness to give him a good 30. Didn't look injured, did he? No. Let's if, be honest. If he was really if you were really doubtful for him and you think, okay, I've got to need him, you might think the last 15 or 20 when you're desperate. Mm. But he gave him a good 30. Well, they they know, don't they? Thomas Tuchel knows exactly how fit he is. So, yeah, well played in the end tactically. I have to say, I feel like it's a, a little bit of a loss for football with Atalanta. They would have been the great, yeah. you know, rom- romantic story. You know, even for Gasparini himself, he's got a great story uh, from Italian football, shunned by many in Italian football for playing a back three. And uh, what he's brought to both Serie A and obviously the Champions League over the past couple of seasons in Serie A, the past couple of seasons, this in the Champions League. It's been great. But the journey ends here for them and PSG go on to a semi-final where they'll play either Leipzig or Atletico Madrid. What are you thinking for this one, Luke? Which way does it swing? I've got to say, as I said on air um, before, I think Atletico, um, you know, this suits them, the the one-off game. And in this position, Leipzig without uh, Tim Werner, I think, is, is too much of a loss for them. They're almost the anti-heroes, aren't they, Atletico Madrid, Simon, in the way that they go about their football? I mean, underdogs on this level still. They've made a few finals. They haven't quite managed to win it under Simeone. But, uh, you know, when you look at the teams remaining, the attacking flair of both uh, Leipzig, PSG on that side of the draw, and then the other side of the draw, Atletico could be the real spoilers. 
Well, remember, you're talking to an Englishman here uh, who still <laughs> remembers 1998 with David Beckham at a certain Diego Sim- oh, indeed. Simeone, England, Argentina. So, <laughs> But you've clearly let that go. <laughs> yes, a long time ago <laughs> since, Nas. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually a huge admirer of Simeone and the way... I'm, okay, the football is not necessarily the, the most attractive to watch, but there is also, you know, there's a beauty in uh, a different way to win as well. And we shouldn't always get hung up on style. Uh, and Atletico are a damn good team. They're a very hard team to play against. And they don't give up. And that was all the qualities that Diego Simeone had as a player himself. He wasn't necessarily the most gifted player, but he got to the top through hard work and sheer bloody-mindedness. And he expects the same of his players. Um, and I, re- I read a great article uh, when I was doing my prep for this game yesterday. Uh, somebody saying he's, he's been there since 2011. And nine years with the, you know, same club playing the same style of football. That's that doesn't happen very often, uh, you know, unless you're a, a Wenger or a Guardiola plays, you know, this beautiful brand of football <laughs> that everybody loves. Uh, normally, people get to a point where they go, "Enough, get rid." Um, and he's not exactly won trophy after trophy in the last few years. I know he won La Liga thirteen, fourteen, uh, Europa League. I think he won uh, seventeen, eighteen. So. Mm. But, you know, last couple of seasons, they, they haven't won anything. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a real tribute to him. And I'd, I'm an admirer. I don't love their football, but I'm an admirer of what he's done with that club because Real Madrid and Barcelona are on a different planet in that domestic competition, financially as well. So, it's difficult for them to keep up. He does a damn good job. I think they'll win. They're also on another planet, let it go, because when you look over at Real or down to Barca, the amount of managers they go through. Yeah. So in that nine-year <laughs> period, geez, what a what a contrast. Uh, speaking of contrasts, uh, let's bring some high energy to the show. That comes, of course, with our sports editor, Dave Wiener. Uh, Dave, it'll be fascinating to see whether Simeone or Nagelsmann can reach Thomas Tuchel's level of energy on the sidelines, because even though he's only got one leg at the moment, uh, the emotions going through the PSG boss this morning were fantastic, but we've got two really interesting bosses and styles to look at tomorrow. Oh, back there, to the energy. There might be no one in the crowd, but he'll still find someone to pick a fight with if something <laughs> goes wrong. He'll still run up and down, and that's going to be, that's the beauty of the theatre that he brings to the competition, which has such a key role in that triumph at Anfield. I, I love what you said, Simon, about um, so many years playing the same style, and you look at the way Atleti fans buy into what Simeone has done, which has brought them so close twice to the most incredible, you know, um, Champions League triumphs picked by Real. And you compare that to, say, you know, where Tottenham fans at the moment still don't know whether they, how they feel about Mourinho, but Atleti fans will run through brick walls and the players run through brick walls for Simeone. But the interesting thing here is he did try and evolve the style slightly this year. Uh, it didn't work for the first half of the season, but since they've come back, um, from the break, they are going to score a few more goals, and I do wonder whether that is their little, um, uh, their little weapon or their little extra advantage in these final few games, um, which they might not have had earlier in the season as it gets the cutting edge time. I think this is going to be a fascinating contest because it's the contrast of styles again. You know what uh, the Leipzig are going to try to do? They're going to try to play fabulous, high octane, energetic football, and you know that Simeone is going to try and smother them to death and frustrate them. Um, Nagelsmann and Leipzig have so much to prove and he has said it in the lead up to this game that he wants to prove they are a team without Timo Werner. Um, and there are a number of players lined up to, to replace him. Emil Forsberg, Patrick Schick, the most likely, um, Yusuf Poulsen. 
that there was more to Leipzig than Werner. He was the final string to their bow. But if you watch into the Champions League, there was so much going and so many moving parts um, that they will still trouble Atleti. But I do agree with what you guys said. Uh, I think you have to fancy Simeone, a bit like it was for PSG today. This is their time, and then it's a matter of who's big enough to get it in that semi-final. And uh, my God, I mean, a PSG versus Atleti semi-final um, is, is one hell of a showstopper. Patrick Schick, or as Craig Moore called him on the coverage, Patrick Schmick. And uh, he has been for a large part of this season on loan from Roma. He's been really good. And I suppose, Luke, that's, in a way, the Timo Werner chat can be somewhat of a distraction from people who think that, oh, well, losing your main striker, your top goal scorer, it's always going to be a loss, which it is. But they are very much about a system, RB Leipzig. And anyone that's watched them at any point will know that the way they move, that they move, they rotate as a system, as a unit, they are seriously imposing. Yeah, they are, and you know, like I said, that's that's their strength, and and they're going to need to to really be at their best uh, to break down Atletico, because you know Atletico is going to be very well structured in defence. Um, but in saying that, with that kind of style, and 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 I know what I try and with with my boys have that I have that free flowing. We have um, players who can rotate and play in different positions, uh, and it makes it difficult for defences because sometimes they can get drawn out, and Atletico are going to be very disciplined. To, to not sort of break away from their structure. So, look, it's interesting. You know, I'd be challenging if I'm the, I'm the coach. I'm there challenging my players. Okay, everyone's talking about Tim Werner. No, Tim Werner, you can't do it. No one's, no one's giving you the chance. Now it's time to step up and prove it. There's a, there a great quote from Nagelsmann, because obviously he's been asked to add infinitum about Werner over the last <laughs> yeah. couple of weeks. And he came up with this great quote. He said, well, fortunately, we, you know, on uh, replacing Timo Werner, we don't have to play with 10 on, uh, on Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday. We can actually have a, a replacement for him. So we'll find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really good. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a great opportunity, Dave, on that side of the draw. We've spoken about it before. I mean, we know that... PSG are massive. Atletico Madrid have been there before. They're massive. And Leipzig, you know, with their corporate backers, they're not exactly the uh, the local club team down the road. But all three of those teams will sense an opportunity. And whoever it is in the final against the might of the other side, it will be that David and Goliath, won't it? Well, it'll be uh, rather than David and Goliath, it's history versus the future in a way, or history versus opportunity in a way. Um, you've got the Pep Guardiola World Cup on one side with City, Barcelona and Bayern. And then you've got, you know, it's more that this is PSG or Athletic's chance to avoid a Bayern or a Barca to get to that final. But I say all that, I mean, if they meet in the semi, that is as tough a matchup as any with the contrast of styles that you're going to have there and, and, and the opportunity that they sense that they might not get as clear as opening as this to jump from the round of 16 to the final as ever. So, um, whether it's David and Goliath, I'm not sure, because if it's PSG versus Man City or PSG versus Barcelona, you've still got Neymar versus Messi or, or Neymar against uh, De Bruyne in that sense or Diego Simeone against Guardiola. But it's, it's fascinating because it means that all the way through to the final, we've got the chance for a new side, whether you like them or not, whether you like PSG and what they've done or not, or whether you find that bloody boring or you admire them, it's the chance for a new side to uh, get a a slightly clearer path to creating their moment in time. Um, and as we saw this morning, and that, you know, last year's Champions League delivered the most crazy heroics. And here we were this morning, think we were on the cusp of a fairy tale and it reminded us again that this Champions League, uh, it just delivers anything. And um, I had 400 beautiful words written about Atalanta that we'll never see the light of day now. And 
that's rather disappointing. Oh. <laughs> Dave, does that mean that um, you've given Leon absolutely no chance? Yeah, notice that because uh, I didn't hear didn't, any didn't mention, mention about them either. <laughs> no, there was plenty yeah. of Man City, but there was no Leon, mate. You, you're saying that Man City already through? Oh, well, I'm just answering the question of David Vescovitz on one side of the draw. Really, no, it's the uh, the cup. The cup situation means anything can happen, and frankly, with Memphis. Depay there for, for Leon, who's just had this most incredible Champions League. Um, I think the cup side situation makes this absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think City would be too good. But just a quick one. I mean, how have you guys enjoyed the cup-style format of it? Like We talk about Leon v City in such different tones now because it's a one-off tide. Do you think there's half a chance we, we may see it going forward or... Or the two legs will come back. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm enjoying the one-off. To, well, certainly enjoy the game this morning because, you know, the teams have got to go for it. You can't leave anything. And we, we talked about this at the start of the podcast. You know, it gets towards the, the last 10 minutes. You're not thinking, oh, well, we've got a home leg to come, so we'll settle for a you 1-0 know, loss. Or you've, you've literally got to put everything out there. I think everybody loves one-off games. That's what makes, you know, the, this uh, knockout football so special. So... And I think just just to pick up on your previous point, Dave, you know, we're going to have three out of the last four uh, in the semi-finals who've never won the competition before. It'll only be mm. Bayern or Barcelona mm. that have actually won it, which I think is terrific. Um, I know people aren't necessarily fans of Man City or PSG or the money and everything else, but you know, surely it can't be that good to have the same teams winning it over and over and over and over again every year. So I think it's fascinating because of that. And maybe RB Leipzig yeah. might win it or Leon. Or, or somebody like that. It's entirely possible. Oh, Big time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially this year, yeah. like I say, with this with this cup sort of competition, I think um, it opens it up, which, yeah, it's exciting and it, it really sums up 2020, doesn't it? The cynic uh, yeah. in me sort of suggests that the, the chances of them, them going to a single match knockout are, no are very low, uh, no, considering yeah. you can't make as much money from them. But, uh, <laughs> One you know, word, two syllables, money. There's <laughs> <laughs> very little chance. But anyway, like, let's just enjoy it for what it is at the moment and hopefully we'll learn some lessons out of these next few games. We've only had one in Lisbon so far, so let's see what comes our way. Uh, Dave, thanks for your time. We'll catch up with you soon. Pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Dave Wiener, our sports editor. Always good to get his thoughts. We should probably wrap it up and uh, let everybody go about their days, whatever you're doing out there. Hopefully you enjoyed our coverage this morning and enjoyed Atalanta and PSG, the late drama. All of that, of course, you can see on the Optusport app in whatever way you want to today as we look forward to the quarterfinals. Luke, it's been great to have you on. I believe you're back to Wollongong Wolves duty now, trying to mastermind them taking over the football world. That's it, mate. I've got a... Many hats that I have to put on. What are some of the other ones? Dressing room sweeper. Um. <laughs> yeah, the, the listeners can't Medic. see you wink. Um. <laughs> but uh, we'll pick up on that at a later date. Uh, and Simon, we'll let you uh, get about your day as well. Thanks, Pump for tomorrow, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, and for the and for the rest of the quarterfinals, the rest of the tournament, it's great fun. Indeed, it is. It's all live here on Optus Sport. It's been great to have your company as always on the Match Day Gagan Pod. We'll be back tomorrow and the day after and the day after that, every day as we count down to get a winner in the UEFA Champions League. Between now and the next Gagan Pod, enjoy your football. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.